Welcome to another episode of the Cook, Eat, Nourish podcast with me, Fiona Staunton. Today, I'm talking to the fabulous Jules Clancy of The Stone Soup, which is actually an old folktale in Australia. She has set up some fabulous uh, food coaching um, programs, Joyful Cooking and the Natural Healthy Club, as well as a free app, Six Ingredient Dinners. So make sure you listen to the whole episode. She has lots of different tips and tricks to give us to remove the barriers to get us into the kitchen and cooking. I hope you enjoy it. So welcome, Jules, to my podcast today. Would you like to introduce yourself to my audience? Yeah, I'd love to, Fiona. Thanks for having me. Um, so my name's Jules. I'm an Australian. And I am, the thing is you should know about me is that I'm a big food lover. So everything I've done doing my life is all about food. So I studied food science at university and worked for many years in the food industry in product development. So developing, you know, got <laughs> products, food products for multinational food companies. Um, and then I had a brief career in a as a winemaker. And then now more recently, I have been blogging for a long time. And then more recently, I've um, got a health coaching certification. So um, I work with people around helping them have a healthy relationship with food. Fantastic. And I love I love your whole approach. I think it, it aligns with what I do. It's about making cooking good food easy and accessible and I know you you did a book uh, five ingredients in 10 minutes back in, in 2013 and you have an app which we will get to talk about and two different yeah. coaching programs so um I'm so excited to to talk to you and it's a bit hard to know where to start and how to get it all into one podcast but um would you like to talk to us about your counterintuitive approach to nutrition Yes, yes. And that this is something. So when I did my food science degree, like I studied nutrition then and it was all about macronutrients and you know, vitamins and whatever, how they, they and how they impact our, our bodies. But the more that I've like, you know, that was like showing my age 25 plus years ago, whereas now like and the more I've under, like just come to understand how it actually works is it's actually more important to think about the quantity of food that you're eating, like the, um, the amount of food, like, and how you're eating rather than what you're actually eating. Um, and there's actually a really fascinating, so there was a documentary made, I don't know if you remember, there was um, years ago, there's a documentary called Supersize Me, where the guy yeah. Morgan Furlock ate like every meal in a, at McDonald's and he had supersized every time. And he, like by the end of the, the month, he was like getting really sick and put on heaps of weight and he felt terrible. But there was a follow-up documentary done um, by some a university in somewhere in the south of the US um, called Portion Size Me. And so it was the same thing, two students, every meal in a fast food restaurant with the one difference is that they, they ate the appropriate amount of food for their body size. And at the end of the 30 days, neither of those like they one of the I think the guy had lost like a pound but they pretty much you know maintained their weight and all their health markers were fine like um one of them I think even like slightly improved their cholesterol or something or the blood pressure one of those things and that just got me thinking about really like it isn't doesn't have to be this hard we don't have to find this perfect balance of fat and carbs avoiding whatever it's just like eat real food but like don't eat too much <laughs> um so that's like really like the message that I like my my approach to nutrition is like helping people just eat like a normal person and in terms of like rather than counting calories or 
using their brain to decide someone some external person to decide how much they should be eating like helping them tune back into their bodies and just listening to their appetite and learning that skill of like oh yeah that's enough like I've had enough you know and and just keeping it really like simple so yeah that's that's my approach and how how do you do that what type of things would you do to tune into your body to decide if it's enough well, the first thing is like that I get people to do when I work with them is just to slow down, Fiona. It's like because if you're like shoveling and you're rushing and you're not p- paying attention to the food, then it's really hard. And the other thing is like so, so I get people to like put their cutlery down in between bites just to give them that that rhythm to help you slow down. And then the other thing that I think is really important is um rather it's like eating without distractions like instead of eating like with the screen on or scrolling on your phone whatever actually giving food the attention and the focus that it deserves and like yeah really like really tuning into to like and actually and the cool thing is like when you do that you enjoy the food so much more like because if you're scrolling like you know what that's like like you just yeah. you've got no idea what you ate whereas when you're really focused on the pleasure you're actually that helps you tune into your body and you get that you get to enjoy it but also you get, so you're feeling your body feels satisfied but also you, you get that kind of there's a psychological component to the satisfaction as well which you get from when you actually let yourself have the pleasure of the food um, okay so that's yeah and yeah would you then um tie it in 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 terms of plant-based or um you know any type of the type of food that they're eating or is it really just whatever the person wants but keeping in mind all this I think we're all different I think we're all piano and some people like you know some people do better with more plants and some people do better like me for sure like I have diabetes so for me your good quality protein is really important and just to keep my carbohydrate not not crazily high so I think Again, it's like tuning into what feels good to you and whether you, if you feel energized by the food that you're eating, then keep doing that rather than rather than following some trend and like or some fad that someone else is telling you is the you know the healthy way. And I think like if you look at like you know cultures as they've like indigenous cultures, like there's <clears throat> there's all all of the spectrum like there's some you know indigenous cultures where they're eating so like a lot of meat and other cultures where they're eating like mostly plants and the only culture that really doesn't do well on any type of food is like modern culture that's eating a lot of highly processed food so yeah yeah great it's it's interesting because i um yeah it's it's a common theme really isn't it just to to slow down and to to tune in Mm. um yeah yeah, I love that. And the I'll thing is that we, we have documentary because I haven't yeah, watched it, portion size me. Portion size me, yeah, yeah. It's it's worth 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 watch. Yeah, and the thing is that we like when we were a kid, like we have that you like you know if you watch kids eating, they'll often like like my kids like they've had enough ice cream, they'll they'll you know they'll be like that's enough, and they'll put the like we have chickens, so they'll give the, give the like put the cone in for the chickens kind of thing like so we we're born with that like we and it's just a matter of like reconnecting slowing down enough to reconnect to it yeah I love it okay something I could probably do with try myself in fairness <laughs> um okay so confident intuitive cook that's what you are all about in your whole program your joyful eating program is all about um do you want to tell us a little bit about the the joyful eating program also yeah joyful cooking so that's really joyful just, cooking 
yeah, helping people learn how to cook without recipes. Because I think one of the barriers to cooking for people is like it, and like people that love cooking, like like me, like yeah, I occasionally use recipes, but mostly if I just I'd like just walk into the kitchen and look at what I've got, and then then like just make something based on what I've got. And whereas if you have to like think about what you've got or go to this market at supermarket and get something, or you have to like you know Google it and find a recipe that's going to match the ingredients that you have, like it's just another barrier to getting into the kitchen and cooking, and so it just makes it feel too hard. And it's like you know you're going for the takeout or whatever convenient option um so yeah rather so my program is like helping people learn how to do that like how to cook without recipes and be able to just look at the in the fridge and go oh, okay I've got this I can make something and have that that confidence okay and what would you say would be kind of the two top skills to become that confident intuitive cook well, I'm glad you asked you. <laughs> um, so the, like the really, the two things are in terms of like being a, for making the food taste good, the skill of being able to season is like the number one thing. And if you can season, then you can fix like most mistakes. And like, if you ask any chef, like they'll be like, if you ask them what's the most important skill a chef can have, it's like the ability to season well. Um, so that's the, that's the first skill. And then the second skill is what I call muscle memory meals. So it's like having like a kind of go-to template in your head of like, you know, if I, if I want to make a curry, like I kind of know what components go into a curry so that I can, it's not like a specific recipe, but I kind of have the general idea so that I can adapt depending on, you know, if I want it to be coconut milk based or if I want it to be tomato based. And um, so, yeah, like having muscle, some meals that you know really well off the back of your hand that you can just adapt to what the ingredients that you have. And if you've got those two things, like you don't need to be amazing at knife skills. Yeah, if you're a chef, of course, it's important to be able to cut quickly. But if you just, you know, it doesn't really matter if you're in a home cook and it takes you longer to cut an onion and it's not perfectly diced. Like, so that, like, there's a lot of skills that people think they need to be a good cook, but you actually don't really need to, to you know, get good, good quality food on the table. I love the simplicity of it. And so you're based near Canberra, Jules, um, and you do a lot of these things online. Is that correct? Yeah, everything's yeah. online. Yeah. So how do you teach the skill of seasoning correctly online? Ah, that's an excellent question, Fiona. So what I do is um, we do like to do tasting experiments. And so I tell people like these are the ingredients that you're going to need to take to do the experiment. Um, and then we like, so I give them a list of what they're going to need and like the equipment that they'll need for it. So everyone buys their own version and of whatever it is. And then I tell them how to, um, you know, we set up like, you know, like I would have done in food science classes. Like we actually set up our little samples and we taste them and we talk through them. And so people get that experience of learning to season through like actually experiencing themselves without having to all us all to be in the same place. Mm, that sounds fascinating and do you have any do you have any of that in a, a reel or a youtube or something that people could go and have a look at because i think that's quite a an interesting one no i don't yet i haven't thought to put that in there <laughs> yeah no problem yeah. they need to join up to your uh yeah that's your, right they need to come, come and work with me yeah that's right and you have another one is it called naturally healthy club yeah the naturally healthy club and what's that about or how does that work well, so that one's, that's a coaching group that's really more around 
um, like the habits and the mindset that go around eating. And so it's about helping people change their relationship with food. So where they start to like where they feel relaxed and confident around food and they get back to their place of enjoying food and where they're just like, you know, eating well, it's not this big deal. And it also like to help, um, you know, that skill of learning to listen to their body so that they can, you know, get back to their, to feeling good in their clothes and, and feeling good about their bodies as well. Okay. And so what would, um, your typical client look like one of your your members where someone comes on board your program at the beginning uh, what would what would they look like what would their age gender you know what are their goals or or how would you describe them um so it's mostly women and mostly like 40 plus probably quite 50 plus so people have been you know perimenopause onwards and most of the people I work with have been dieting their whole lives and you know some of them as young as like nine or ten and so they've always had that you know or they've been on and off diets their whole lives um I do work with people that haven't dieted as well but that the most the majority of like they've got that history and that diet mentality of like you know they've been counting calories or they've been following whatever you know they were low fat in the 80s and they've been um you know they've tried paleo they've tried all the different things and yeah that's that's generally and then they're just really tired of it and they want they want to change and can you give my listeners an idea of a success story of someone who has um gone through your program and and how they're feeling and etc yeah so there's um there's a lady that I work with Cindy and she was American and so I started working with her like two years ago a little over two years ago now, so January 2020, 21. Um, and at the time, so when she signed up to join, when she joined the Naturally Healthy Club, she um, was going through a divorce. She'd been married for 30 years, so she was going through a divorce. And then her daughter, who she lived near, really close to, was having had triplets like so I remember her posting like we were a couple of months into the group and she posted oh you know the, my daughter's had the tri- had the triplets and so she was helping out with the triplets and plus she was working her full-time job so she had a lot going on in her life and she didn't actually come to any of the live coaching calls but um everything's like recorded and posted in um on a we've got a private podcast feed so she was just like into the podcast and she just applied the lessons and you know, she, food was something that she'd always struggled with her whole life and her weight had always been like this constant battle for her. Um, and then she actually sent me a really lovely email a couple of months ago and she was like, Jules, I finally hit my goal today. Um, so I had to write and tell you. And so she'd lost like, so it was like over two years it took her, she lost like 75 pounds. So it was like, it's slow and steady, but she was like, I feel so great. And she was like, I'm writing here. I've got Halloween candy sitting next to me and I'm not even interested in it. And she's like, and she's like, I used to be someone who would like sneak their kids candy. And I'm like, she's like, I'm like, just feel really good about my relationship with food and like, and that it's permanent, like that she's changed for good. And she has the habits and the mindset in place to keep it, keep it that way. Like she's like, I'm not doing anything hard. And it just, yeah, she's just in that place where she's just eating like a normal person. She listens to her body. It's like, and she gets to enjoy food. So, yeah. Great. And that that leads me to my next question, which was actually about the the habits and mindsets. I think a lot of it seems to come back to that. So do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, gosh, we we could be here. We could be here all all night. (laughs) Yeah, but I think, like, I think the thing with it is, 
is like a lot of our food choices and a lot of our food, um, you know, the amount we eat and the types of food we eat, it comes down to our habits. And so by changing our habits, we're able to like, and like that's kind of the key. And, and the cool thing with habits is like then stuff's on autopilot. So you're not having to make conscious decisions all the time. And once you get a new habit in place, it just, it becomes part of you, who you are. And the other cool thing about habits is like habits are kind of like our evidence for the type of person that we are. So if we see ourselves as like a not active person and we want to change that or that, then like starting the habit of like of going for a walk every day is like that helps us change how we see ourselves. So there's like a there's like a psychological component to the habit as well as the actual physical of like, yeah, it's, it's good to have that exercise, but actually changing ourselves, that self-concept from being someone who isn't active to being someone who's active. Then we act in consistency with that self-concept. So like changing habits is really important for that, that part of part as well. Um, so yeah, like the habits of like, do, you know, do, do I, do, do, am I someone who shops at the farmer's market? Am I someone who, um, who like, you know, plans meals? Am I someone who listens to my body? You know, that is little habits, like uh, change how we see ourselves. And so that's like a really fun part of changing is like, is, is learning to tap into those habits and they can be really small, but as they grow like the, the change can accumulate and it it just all comes together when we when we focus on habits and as you're um, talking and then there, you've just taken me right back to the farmer's market in French's forest that I used to love going oh, to right. fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic oh I'm actually just found out my farmer's market isn't on this weekend I'm like oh lucky I found out I would hate to be like get up there at 6 30 in the morning and have the gates closed oh um, yeah, so, so that's the habit piece. And then the mindset piece is like there's a great quote from Henry Ford where he says like if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right either way. And so if, like another big piece of work that I do with people is just helping them change their thoughts about food because that like that that this is a struggle. I'll never I'll never change. I'll never I'm always going to be able to struggle with my weight. I'm always going to then, then if you're if you're thinking that, then that perpetuates like that shows up in reality. So we need to like look at the thoughts that you're having and actually choose new thoughts on purpose about the possibility of being able to change. So that because if you think you can do it, then you will do it. So um, that's a really like kind of cool cool. That's a really fun thing to teach people is like the power of our thoughts in terms of how that makes us feel and that and that drives our actions and. That of course determines the results that we get. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm on that journey, digging deep into my mindset at the moment. So I can <laughs> right. <take that. laughs> um, and I know you have a fantastic free offer for uh, our listeners about your app. Would you like to tell us how that works? Yeah, cool. So it's just it's a recipe app, Fiona, and it's called Six Ingredient Dinners. So my thing is like um, simplicity is my superpower. So I'm all about keeping things as simple as possible. Uh, so I've been writing like recipes with six ingredients for years and I actually developed the app as a paid app a couple of years ago, but at Christmas time I decided to um, turn it into a free app to give it, give it away to people so that they can. And it's really just designed to be a really great resource to have in your 
have on your phone so that if you stuck it, like if you on the way home from work where you go and find yourself in the supermarket going, oh, what am I going to cook for dinner? You can just like have a look. It's all organized by, um, by ingredients. So you can go, okay, I feel like chicken or I've got some chicken and you can just go into it and, um, and the, yeah, find the, re- find really simple recipes in there um, for whatever it is that you happen to have in the, in the house. If you haven't, you know, learned how to cook without recipes yet. So, <laughs> no, yeah. that's great. I'm going to try that out because I think that could be really helpful for, uh, for so many people. Uh, that's kind of where yeah. a lot of the time they, they struggle. I mean, I'd all yeah. be planning for the whole week and doing one shop, but plenty of people go in after work and they're trying to get some food yeah, or deciding what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, when I used to live in walking around the markets going, oh, what am I going to have? Like, yeah. So it's, yeah, totally, totally good for that. And it's actually fantastic. So Thank you so an much. iOS version and it's um and an Android version and it's, um and the, yeah, so the recipes are organized by, um, ingredient but they're also I've got them then the subcategories by time so 15 minutes or 30 minutes so just to keep it really like if you need something really quick you can find the really quick ones oh sounds like a fantastic resource great so six ingredient dinners in the app store yeah 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 and I add new recipes to it every week Fiona so oh wow getting yeah yeah there's like hundreds of there's hundreds there's hundreds of recipes in it it's like it's not just like a you know 10 things it's like yeah there's heaps in there (laughs) Brilliant. Okay, so before we finish up, I know we could keep talking for hours. Um, I always like like to ask my guests three tips to help improve their health. So, what would be your three top tips, Jules? So, first one definitely is the power of like really incredibly small changes. So, like making like change, making change doable because the biggest barrier to changing anything about life and health in particular is when you try and do too much and then it gets too hard and then you feel overwhelmed and then you stop. So there's a lot of power and there's a lot of research around that the smaller a change is to make, then the more likely it is that you'll do it and then you get the momentum and you feel good because you're like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this thing and you, you keep going. So you're way more likely to succeed if you start really small. Um, so that's my first tip is like think about just like one thing, one habit that you want to change, one thing that you want to start doing differently and then ask yourself like what's the smallest. There's a really great book actually, um, called Tiny Habits by a Stanford researcher called BJ Fogg. And so if you want to, like, he's all about, like, the tiniest habit. Like, he wanted to build the habit of flossing his teeth. So he started with, okay, I'm just I'm just going to floss one tooth. Um, so that's that's my number, number one tip. And, and mm-hmm. then the next thing is in terms of change, changing your health is, like, really focus on, like in terms of like the mindset giving yourself credit and giving and encouraging yourself for every little thing that you do right because um like the way our brains work is like we have this reward system where when we do things when we get that sense of accomplishment we release dopamine and that's like our reward center and our brain loves dopamine so you can get dopamine from you can you know go and eat a heap of sugar and you'll get a like quick rush of dopamine but it like kind of comes and goes really quickly. Whereas if you like when you do something and like, you know, when you that good do list and you get that tick and you go, yeah, like that sense of accomplishment is like gives you a sustained release of dopamine. So it's like really, it's even more rewarding than a quick like sugar high. 
So in order to, like, if you're making change and it feels hard, then the more that you can notice, oh, yeah, I did that, like, and give yourself little, like, like mental ticks and mental little celebrations kind of yeah 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 it's it doesn't have to be as big as a celebration but it's just a just a noticing of oh yeah actually I did like leave some food on my plate or I I did eat really slowly or I did notice that I was feeling full and I didn't go back for another cookie like and just like yeah like giving yourself credit for every little change that you do builds that momentum gives you more dopamine and so then you're not your brain's not looking for dopamine in other places like you're giving yourself that that reward okay so we have make change doable giving yourself uh credit and and more dopamine and what's your third one (laughs) i'm just trying to think now it's like what do you think what's gonna be i've forgotten (laughs) um write notes (laughs) write notes to yourself (laughs) yeah um yeah, in terms of health, yeah, learn to cook, like learn to cook without recipes. It's really fun. And and actually, um, yeah, like learn okay, and I guess the other thing would be, yeah, like, like how you think about things is really is so important. Like that mind getting that mindset piece, right? Like if you think so for cooking, for example, if you think of cooking as a chore, like and you're like, it's the end of the day and you get home, you're like, oh no, I have to cook dinner. Like, you know, that makes it really hard. Whereas like me, I get to the end of the day and I'm like, oh yeah, great. It's like, it's like the end of the day, it's time to relax and unwind, like put on an audio book or put on a podcast. I get my boys to like, they have their screen time while I'm cooking dinner. And it's like, I love that time of day. Like, um, so, and it's just like the way I'm thinking about it is different from someone who doesn't. And it's like, that's the only difference. So like learn, changing how you think about things um, is yeah, the other Okay, so frame how you think about cooking. Would that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Frame how you think about cooking. Yeah. Rather than I have to do this, like I actually get to do this and and like keeping it as simple as possible so it actually isn't like this big chore. Okay. And I know, I know for me, when I come down in the morning and I realize I have that night's dinner ready because it was either from the freezer or from another day or whatever it was, it's just that feeling of, yes, my dinner is going to be yeah. on the table without me doing anything. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So good. So listen, thank you so much, Jules. If people wanted to get in touch with you, where is they? where can they best find you? Yeah, best place is to head to my blog. So it's thestonesoup.com and um, yeah, come and download the free app. Like there's a link there to, to, to get it and join my email newsletter. Yep, no problem. So I will put the links in the bio. Can I ask you one last question? Why the name The Stone Soup? Oh, because that was actually the first, it's actually a, fair, a folk tale, Stone Soup. Um, and so when I was really little, it was like, I was like, before it was preschool time like before I started school and there's this show in Australia called Humphrey kids show called Humphrey B Bear and they had on the the show they read this story about stone soup and so it's this story about um like actually I could be here forever telling the story but it's basically a story about a stranger comes into a town and he has a stone and he gets all the villagers to come together because he puts a stone in the in a pot and then he's like gets all the villagers to come together because they all contribute some of the some ingredients into the this beautiful stone soup um so it's a yeah it's like it's like a folk tale about like community working and like all this like kind of a really nice story but I was like in my four and a half year old brain I was like oh you can make soup with a stone cool so I'm like mom can we make soup with a stone and she was like 
okay, I guess. And so we went and got a stone and that's the first thing I ever remember cooking. So that's why I decided to call my blog Stone Soup. Yeah. Beautiful story. Okay. Thank you so much, Jules. I know it's nighttime for you. So thank you very much. And uh, I wish you lots of success and hopefully we can maybe get together and collaborate some stage soon. Yeah. Sounds good, Fiona. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast on Cook, Eat, Nourish with me, Fiona Staunton of Fiona's Food for Life. I'd really appreciate if you would subscribe, rate and review the podcast to help spread the word. And if you pop over to my website, fionasfoodforlife.ie, you'll find lots of recipes, videos, inspiration and upcoming courses. Thanks a million.